Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast where I sit down with Dad and we talk about generally crime-adjacent stuff, but sometimes we go wildly off-topic. But this week, Dad, we've been sent a story from a bunch of our listeners, and I think it is... Well, to say it's relevant to your interests is putting it mildly. Would you like me to tell you about it? I'd love you to. Okay, great. This is off the ABC News website. New South Wales Healthcare Complaints Commission warns public of man with fake ambulance pretending to be a paramedic. A man from Queen Bean in southern New South Wales has been permanently banned from providing medical assistance to members of the public after he attended a car accident and posed as an ambulance officer. Now, I'm looking at this vehicle, which he's had tricked out. It's a modified Nissan Patrol, and if I was a member of the public, I think... I'd be pretty taken in by this. So, Dad, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you this link, and I want you to look at the picture and be honest and, you know, be generous, but I'm going to send you a link, and I want you to tell me if you think this would fool you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Great. Okay. Paul, I've yep. just received the text. Great. It's exciting. I love it. Yep. Okay. That, that that vehicle is terrific. Uh, the, it's... Plausible, right? <laughs> Very much so. Um, it's like, what is what is your first instinct when you when you hear about this story? Are you thinking, "Holy shit, that's irresponsible," or "Wow, at least he's trying to help people"? Where do you sit on this argument? Um, the guy's gone to a lot of trouble, mm. and might I say, a, a lot of expense. Yeah, and oh, mate, it's 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 horny. It's impressive. If that rocked up to a uh, and I was dying, and I saw him coming towards me as I'm sp- splattered all over the road. No, jeez. I'd feel good. Yeah. Um, because the okay. vehicle is, like, to me, 90, 95% of the job done. Yeah. I don't care who gets out of that car. I think you do. I think when they start operating on you, you don't want... <laughs> Paul, I think it's important... They, they don't operate you at the scene of an accident. Right. So it, it says, okay, I'm looking at the vehicle here. It's got a... Okay, it says medical ambulance, paramedic. It's got triple O on it. They've blurred out the... Um, the registration number. And of course, you know, you assume that they're going to do some triage, but if he's not trained, I mean, let's tell you what, let me dig a little bit deeper, okay? Mm-hmm. Mr. Cook was approached by an off-duty ACT police officer at the scene who... Sp- oh, wait, hang on. Let me go back a bit more. Okay. The commission found that in March 21 last year, Mr. Cook attended the scene of a car accident in Royale, New South Wales, in a modified vehicle. Ah, here we go. Wearing a fake New South Wales ambulance uniform. So he's not just... <laughs> the- Mr. Cook was approached by an off-duty police officer at the scene who spoke to him about the legality of his vehicle, a white Nissan Patrol, modified to look like an official emergency vehicle. Mr. Cook's vehicle was covered in red and silver checkered pattern and yellow high-visibility stripes and was fitted with a roof light bar as well as dashboard lights and front grille lights that flashed blue and red in a manner similar 
to an emergency vehicle. Mm. Later that day, Mr. Cook was charged by New South Wales police over the improper display of an organisation's insignia and using a vehicle that does not comply with standards. He pled guilty and the charges were dismissed. Now... I'm glad they were dismissed. Yeah. My question is, I mean, it says here that he's held four relevant paramedicine qualifications while volunteering with St. John's Ambulance, including senior first aid, including CPR, advanced Mm. life support and advanced first aid. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Now what we've got is a kind of Batman situation where technically speaking, he has the skills to enact a very specific public service, but it's not legally sanctioned. So is he technically an inverse vigilante? Well, he, I'm just, I'm admiring the uh, the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's a, he's even got QBM 813, Queen Vian. Yeah, yeah. Um. What's his end game, do you think? His end game... Okay. I haven't met the guy. He may well be a listener. Oh, because we have all types of listeners. Oh, shit. Um, I reckon he is. No, it's possible. Why wouldn't you listen to this great podcast? Oh, that's not what I was... Um, I just... I'm I'm in... in, Look, I'd like to know how he sources all these stickers, these transfers, and the flashing lights on top. They are... They're cool. And yeah, they're, it's... Look, the vehicle itself mm-hmm. is... It's a serious four-wheel drive. It's worth about 100 grand. Mm-hmm. He bought it white. White the, is, the, is the, the base color to which yeah. he can then stick all these incredible... I'm, I'm, I'm bamboozled. As you do love he, stickers. I love stickers. <laughs> <clears throat> this guy likes bumper stickers, but he's taken it to a stratospheric level but But, ethically like ethically is it wrong mm -hmm. for him to do what he did like let's say let's say he he pulled up and he started you know helping the person Mm. and then they died in his care listen to me mate yeah i'm gonna mention something very pertinent to this story sure please do if you are a motor vehicle driver yeah in the state of new south wales and i imagine probably every other state and territory in our fine Antipodean country. One of the things about having a licence, Paul, is that if you are involved in a motor vehicle accident, you are obliged to stop and assist. And you are not, you don't have medical experience, but... Whatever you can do, it might be setting up a sort of a makeshift roadblock so that oncoming cars don't smash into the existing accident. And I'm a firm believer that everyone should know CPR. Can you imagine not knowing CPR and being somewhere at a car accident and the person dies because everyone just stood around? And sometimes, particularly in regional areas where some of the worst motor vehicle accidents in the country happen, like we're talking head-on collisions, which are just appalling things to go to, it can take 15, 20, 30 minutes for paramedics, ambos to rock up. So, you know, this guy, he has taken it to the next level. He's, He's fairly qualified, 
He's more qualified than 99.9% of Australians. And, you know, he obviously gets his jollies. The question that I would now ask is why hasn't he actually tried to join an ambulance service? But then maybe he did. He, maybe, maybe he, he did, didn't. and then yeah. got knocked back. You're right. right. You're right. Because there are some very, very notable cases. There are cases in America and England and Europe that that literally beggar belief. And there's a very famous case in England where a guy he he um, he failed his his um, paramedic exams, and in spite, he then went out and created this life of him being. A paramedic. And, um, you know, there's a guy up in um, Queensland in 2018. His name's Calvin Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And he, mate, you want to check it out, what he did. He, um, and, he, and he earned money being a, a paramedic. And he, he came undone when he applied to join the, the National Association of paramedic, um, you know, paramedics, sort of the the Australasian, Australia, and New Zealand Society of Paramedics, and and he had he had these bogus, um, you know, degrees in sort of you know paramedic sort of medicine, and he was gainfully employed in Australia, and he earned more than half a million dollars over a period of years, and he was right into it. And what he used to do, he used to go to, for example, he'd go to America. He'd get on board an American ship like it could have been like an, an open day and somehow or other he'd managed to talk one of the paramedic sailors into borrowing their uniforms. He'd then dress up in their American sort of paramedic military naval uniforms. He'd stand in front of these amazing rescue helicopters and he had all these photos taken and he built up this entire sort of phony sort of persona and wherever he was, he'd be in Hawaii and he'd go to the um, the paramedic helicopter guys and he'd, you know, dress up as as a sort of an American paramedic. And the impression that he gives people when they see all these photos is that he's not only is he a paramedic in Australia, but wherever he goes, he's like a guest paramedic. And you create these incredible sort of... He must have really bamboozled his employer because, as I said, they employed him. And he was... You know, he was delivering injections and doing all sorts of work and until he, he he came unstuck. But, you know, we know that there are organisations, voluntary organisations, um, you know, the fireies. I mean, we don't have volunteer police, thank God, because I guess... Yeah, I'll... well, the thing is, yeah, we do... I was going to say, the volunteer firefighter thing's really interesting to me because it's basically, you know... It's a similar thing. You can volunteer to join the, you know... You're talking about You can the, join um, the volunteer fire brigade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every state's got them. Yep. But here's the thing. This impersonation spree, um, it's not new. I found an article from back in uh, March 2020. Serial emergency services imposter gets 15-month sentence to add to lengthy record. When Andrew Stevenson was stopped at a roadblock to the Mount Nardi fire in November, his truck plastered with rural fire insignia, there was a little to differentiate him from a volunteer firefighter. A traffic controller working to prevent public access to the fire ground that had escalated to an emergency level described Stevenson's attitude as calm and confident. 
It was a persona worlds away from the one that would emerge that night when he crossed paths with what should have been his RFS colleagues in a police car patrolling the area. It was like two completely different people, traffic controller Alexander Cooper said. Stevenson, 36, appeared emotionless during his sentencing in Lismore local court on Friday. He had pleaded guilty to charges including willfully swearing false affidavit, publishing false or misleading material to obtain advantage, dishonestly obtaining property by deception, and impersonating an organization officer. In sentencing, Magistrate Jeff Linden read from a sentencing assessment report that described Stevenson as single-minded with delusions of grandeur. He, uh, he was, <laughs> he was uh, sentenced to 15 months imprisonment, served by way of an intensive corrections order for the majority of the offences, and fined $500 for impersonating a firefighter. But apparently he's been impersonating people, um, including police, from back in 2002. So we have three counts of impersonating a police officer back in 2002. Um, then he was busted for wearing and possessing a police uniform. Then he was in dozens of different appearances across courts, across New South Wales, um, for possessing an unauthorized firearm, breach of bail, uh, wearing a mm. police uniform again. And then I think he kind of pivoted to to a different job. So in 2016, he registered the business name New South Wales Bushfire Brigades to his sole trader ABN. He then <laughs> created a LinkedIn profile in which he listed himself as the fire captain of New South Wales Bushfire Brigades in Safety Beach. Oh, God. Um, and, and then ASIC oh. registered his application for a company called New South Wales Bushfire Brigades PTYLTD in 2016. The company's registered address was that of his accountant's firm in Casino, while the principal place of business was a fake address in Newton Boyd, southeast of Glen Innes, and a three-hour drive south of Casino. So then he's got his ABN. And then he registers several local, uh, several Toyota Land Cruisers to set up as firefighting vehicles with markings described by police as being identical, not a bit like, but identical to those used by the uh, New South Wales Fire Service. Mm. And then he carries a metal badge in his wallet engraved mm. with New South Wales Bushfire Control Officer. So he's got mm. fake trucks, fake ID, false mm. badge. That's fascinating. Yeah. <clears throat> and so. It's slightly disturbing. Um, yeah. But then, of course. I mean, you've got, look, rendering first aid mm. um, is is critical. It's noble. Like, it, to, to, yeah. to pull, to, to remove the person from danger, stop bleeding, you know, they're, they're the, and then CPR. So really, really critical things, yeah, uh, which right. basically anyone can do. But then to rock up, you know, but more insidiously, Paul, if I was a, um, like a psychopathic, ambulance driver fake ambo <clears throat> i imagine rocking up to an accident and imagine or even worse imagine if there were two fake ambos they rock up and they they just sort of get out of the vehicle suss the whole scene out and then they approach a particularly vulnerable person say a a, a a young girl, and they put her on a trolley and they put her in the back of the ambulance and off they go. But they're not going to a hospital. They're going to their secret lair. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that scary and not out of the question. Um, But Paul, I... I guess there's a bit of a quandary in terms of the emergency services. I mean, in my mind, and I'm probably going to cop a bit of flack about this, I don't have such a problem to a degree with the ambulance thing. I mean, you are allowed to have a replica ambulance. You know, people... I mean, people have replica World War II Jeeps. You Mm. see them occasionally. You know, those convertible ones, you know, with the left-hand drive and and they've got the shovel on on the thing. And sometimes they even wear... You know, military uniforms. Like, it's like dress up days is perhaps not the best example of, like, you know, those medieval days where everyone dresses up as. Oh, like a Ren Fair. But the thing about that is, if someone rocks up to an emergency in a World War II era truck, you're not going to think they're, they're for you. Yeah, good point. But this but, guy, um, this guy rocks up, right? Apparently, part of the reason he did it was to get free fuel. So the oh night of God, the fires. According according to police facts, he called his insurer Allianz just before midnight requesting emergency fuel. So he identifies himself as Andrew from New South Wales Bush Fire Brigade, and then he tells the operator he needs fuel to respond to an emergency, um, and he refers to his vehicle as a fire truck, and he says he's going to have to go and fill it with some water because of the fires. Um, apparently, throughout the phone call, he used phonetic lettering and constantly referred to himself as we to indicate he was part of a crew. He also requested a priority be put on the job as it was urgent and needed to get back to protecting houses. And then there's a bit of a back and forth uh, with the insurance company and a contractor um, who was reluctant to deliver the fuel given that it was, you know, that he was going to be taking fuel to an active fire ground. Um, mm. And then they start to get sus and then they contact the police saying, hey, we think someone's impersonating a firefighter, right? Mm. Uh, and at this point, everything's kind of getting a bit, a bit intense. The cops rock up, and but at this point, there is a massive fire on. And so if there's someone there impersonating an emergency vehicle, 
it's entirely possible that people will get hurt as a result, right? Whereas you're saying with the paramedic thing, anyone around who knows how to help people is is beneficial. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, I understand the thing. There's a, there's a real problem the police have, mm. the authorities have. The, the problem that people have is when you start putting sirens and flashing lights on vehicles because once you activate the siren with the flashing lights, all sorts of bad shit can happen if you're not properly trained. One of the things, one of the problems is that people tend to, they see a vehicle coming behind them, <clears throat> they move over to the left or, or they should <clears throat> to allow the, to facilitate this emergency service vehicle getting to a certain point. But I see, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's problematic when you start going through red lights. And it's happened to real police officers real fireys and real ambos that have gone through red lights and killed people, okay? There was a classic case a few years ago where a highway patrol officer in Sydney saw a person using their mobile phone heading in the opposite direction. It happened in the Sutherland Shire. He put his foot down. He completely treated it as a, as a sort of a, like chasing armed robbers or rapists, and he chases this car down because he'd seen someone using the mobile, whilst trying to chase the car down, he T-boned a woman at an intersection because he went through the red light at incredible speed and he killed her. Okay? The person that had committed the super minor misdemeanor, arguably, because it is dangerous driving whilst operating a mobile, of course, but when you start to look at things in perspective, you know, that that incident, someone using a mobile ends up with someone dying. Can you imagine being a bogus ambulance driver? Lights and siren, the adrenaline's pumping. It, I mean, it is, let's be honest to you and the listeners, I've driven emergency service vehicles for, you know, you know a long, long, long time. When you are driving a fire engine in traffic with a full crew at full speed on the way to a real job, the adrenaline courses through your body and it does that to make you hyper aware and sensitive and also to be able to react incredibly quickly. And it's it's bloody exciting. I, you can't deny that. And as a police officer in a pursuit, there are a few things you can do in this world that are as exhilarating, as terrible as that may sound. Mm. But Paul, when you get people that are possibly unhinged, and that's not to say that people in the emergency services are not unhinged as well insofar as obviously there are people in all occupations that, you know, have got problems. Um, the thought of, a, of an un untrained person heading to some real job, but in their mind it's sort of they've created this this crazy, you know, world of it's it's kind of fantasy it's it's weird you really need to delve deeply into these people but i um because you mentioned to me you know that we might be doing something along these lines <clears throat> i wasn't sure that it was going to be in today's podcast but <clears throat> i went on um did a little bit of research and if you want to see the most sad and embarrassing sort of just terribly depressing thing it's so awkward and you well, feel so to, so 
given the year I'm having, I don't, I can't think why I would want that. But yeah, go on. Well, it's just this. This the police are driving fairly recently in England um, on a on a one of the big freeways there, and they get a call for um, allegedly they think that there's a bogus ambulance on this freeway, and and they've actually got footage of these of the two British police officers driving down this freeway, and <clears throat> they must have had a camera in the back. They were doing a documentary, and they see this ambulance and they start following it and it looks like a completely ridge ambulance. And as they're following it, all of a sudden the ambulance puts its lights on and it veers off to the left. Now they think, oh, well, it's obviously going to... Because they're not sure at this stage. They, they, they think it's actually a real ambulance and they follow the ambulance and... The ambulance just pulls over in this quiet English country lane. The police approach the driver. And what unfolds is one of the saddest and most um, awkward interviews where the police realise that this guy is not an ambo. He then he starts sort of coming up with all these different stories to them, and it's it's all recorded. It's a must see. And then they open up the back of his ambulance, and guess what is not in the back of the ambulance, Paul? What? There's no first aid equipment. Oh god! It's empty. And this guy, he just he just starts. It's so embarrassing. He says, "Oh look, I I work on a film set as an extra. <laughs> I'm a like a." I'm an extra ambulance driver. That's one of the things he said. Then he says, oh, I'm going to, um, it's actually a real ambulance, but it's being serviced. It needs a new light bulb in one of the headlights. And he just digs himself into it. It's the saddest. And he's such a sweet looking guy. He's in his kind of late 30s. He's, he just looks so, he's, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. But you, you just know watching that he's just been caught out and the police are just rolling their eyes back. And people do some funny things. And um, speaking of ambulances, Paul, I get ready for this. A Dutch handyman. Now, the fact that he's Dutch is kind of cool. Dutch handyman. He gets together a whole fleet of ambulances. He has them registered as ambulances. He completely creates basically a false fleet of ambulances. He then gets through the Dutch and British government. He gets this amazing contract to convey people that are ill that need surgery from the Netherlands to England under the tunnel, under the channel. The, the minor problem with this fleet of ambulances that he's got is that he's actually moving drugs. Oh, God. And Paul, with his fleet of registered, fully functioning ambulances with all the crew in full gear he ran 16 trips before he was caught with these ambulances he managed to move 1.6 billion euro worth of drugs between the netherlands and england and you know if you and tegan this morning get a knock on your door and two guys rock up with those Vests, you know, the, the vests that road workers use and mm-hmm. construction workers. 
and yep. they are carrying a ladder and some rope or something, and they say, we've got a bit of a problem, we need to get access to your balcony. What do you and Tegan do? Uh, Seriously. Where's your, where's your ID? Mm, a lot of people wouldn't. You know, people... But that's a, re- but that's a reasonable response, right? Because we... It's a reasonable response. Where... Yeah, okay. But my point being that when people don a uniform, a lot of people automatically assume that everything's rigidig. It's, of course, it's human no, that, nature. Dan, that makes sense. And I have kind of done a few things where I've let people into buildings and gone, hang on, I don't actually yeah. have any way of knowing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to commit a crime mm-hmm. um, and all those people that sort of were going on about, you know, screaming because you and I couldn't remember the name of, and of course it is Ted Bundy. I think. Oh, oh, they yeah they no they they. Oh, I think what God. they liked was they are they um they related. I think. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. Countless. Look, yeah. While whilst I'm in Thailand, hmm. um, Christine went to stay in a beautiful hotel with Anne just to have a bit of a because it was International Women's Day yesterday, mm-hmm. was it? Some type yes. of International Day. Uh, anyway, so. As a treat, Anne took Christine to a beautiful resort, and I stayed here, and I, I'm kind of enjoying it. I've been watching, um, you know, demonic films at night time and also a lot of true crime. Yep. And I watched the... Um, I, I'm just getting into all this, this true cl- crime stuff, stuff that Christine actually doesn't really handle that well, you know. She doesn't really like all that sort of stuff. So I've managed to sort of cram in some really, really bad shit, which is exciting. Okay, And I watched the whole series of The Night Stalker and it makes me think about some of these... You've got to remember that criminals, like really, really good, really good crims, some of them are, are, and we've touched on this before, are hyper-intelligent and to be creative and ingenious and come up with new and wonderful ideas to entrap people. Yep. And if you want to really go hard and, you know, sort of be very elusive in terms of being caught... One of the things you can do is be a bogus emergency service worker. Now we're not endorsing you in person. No, not endorsing. We are saying there are there are different ways to get what you want, and sometimes people just want to take a shortcut and exploit people's good. You know, can you can you imagine, Paul, if someone listening eventually gets caught for doing something, and they say as they're being dragged away, "Oh, I heard it on loose units that this was a really good idea." So just you know, a caveat is that. Please bear that in mind before you yeah. throw us under the bus. Um, well, look, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. But listen, if you have ever had anybody impersonate someone in emergency services and try and pull one over on you, please let us know. Head across to facebook.com forward slash loose units. Shoot us a message. We're going to be back first thing next week with part two of our series, ostensibly about Adelaide, but really it's about the family. But and Paul, you know, um, it's it's getting a lot of. Uh, have you read some of the comments coming in? People have got very strong opinions. People, are, but they're also yeah. incredibly excited about it, which makes me realise, Paul, that gore and all that sort of stuff. That's that's our core business here at Loose Units. Yep, we're core gore. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, and we will see you next week for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.